hello again. You probably are wondering again why we're dropping in your feed on a non-Thursday day. And you guys know we are participating in Micro Show May. Yes. Um, so to give you guys a little context, you know, there was some drama with a capital D a few weeks ago. Nick Vial kind of calling out all these quote unquote micro shows. That's his word he used to describe us and kind of belittling our influence in the space. So us micro shows are banding together. And one amazing micro show that we love and support is Game of Roses. So here is an episode of Game of Roses. If you guys have never listened to um, a full episode of theirs, definitely check them out. They're great. We've been on their podcast before they've been on ours. So we're just showing the love for micro shows around the nation. Amen. So give this episode a listen. And if you like what you hear, definitely go over to their page and subscribe, follow, do all the things because we micro shows need to stick together in this space. Yes. And we're going to take over. Okay. So on with the show. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. This is the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case. This is Bachelor Clues. This is Twibbon. We're recording this on Thursday. It's a very <laughs> special day. It's Thursday, May 11th. What day is that, Pace Case? Twibbon. It's Pace Case's birthday. Happy birthday <laughs> to Pace Case. Thank you. Special birthday episode. Yes. Come right up. I mean, technically for you all, it's the 12th. So... Wish me a happy belated if you see me. <laughs> That's right. By by the airing of this episode, you will be one day into your, I don't know if you want to reveal the number, but let's just say. I'm 34. She outlived Christ. You tell me. Does that mean anything? Let's just say she outlived Christ. Pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in my books. Wait, you think I should already be embarrassed at my age, 34? No, no. I just, I don't feel like that's ever embarrassing. I just didn't know what your personal protocols were with mm. it. I was trying to be respectful of those. Um, What's your age? 47. We're 14 years apart. That's right. No, 13 years apart. Something 13. like that. Yeah. I'll be uh, experiencing the big four, eight in a month. The ideal age gap, I say. Right. Exactly. Time flies when it doesn't exist. You've beaten Christ by a lot. <laughs> yeah. I'm superior to Christ, at least in that way. But thank you for joining us today for this very special edition of This Week in Bachelor Nation. We've got a lot to discuss. A lot of crazy things have been happening over the course of this week. Uh, but before we get to any of it, we got a little bit of business. Of course, we still got those bad at job mugs. You can get them at gameofroses.co. You can give them to people that you believe are bad at jobs. Or you can have one for yourself as a joke. Or good, ironically. That's how I prefer to think I'm drinking from it. Oh, nice. I don't have one yet. I got to get one. Uh, what? I know. We also have the paperback edition of uh, How to Win the Bachelor coming out May 23rd. You can pre-order it now anywhere you pre-order books. And get your hands on the easier to carry version of How to Win the Bachelor. <laughs> Love that book. Heard it was yeah. pivotal in some people getting to the top three this season. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it was. And my scream at the end of this episode is going to have something to do with the book and something to do with something completely unrelated to our show, as usually is the case. So stay tuned for that. But that wraps up our business. Now, let's just get into this. We're going to start this with Game of Roses. State of the game. All right. A lot of shit went down this week in our beloved game. 
mainly the promo for Charity Lawson's upcoming season of The Bachelorette came out. Um, and she started making the media rounds. She was on Jennifer Hudson's show. They're starting to roll her out now to present her as The Bachelorette. And it seems that no one cares. She has 104,000 followers on Instagram. Last week, she had 102,000. This is almost no gain at all. Um, I don't know traditionally in this first week of promotion what it does to bachelorettes, except that I can remember Claire Crawley very clearly. She was announced on Good Morning America, and obviously she had a, a long span from announcement to her episode actually shooting or airing, but she ticked up in those charts uh, big time, even just from the announcement. There was a, in that era, God, to even say that era wasn't that long ago. This was 2020. But in that time, it was a different vibe. The announcement of a bachelorette, the rolling out, the promotion of a bachelorette, all these things, they were treated with much more weight. And I don't know what the deal is uh, with this upcoming season of Bachelorette, exactly why it seems like they're just kind of shitting it out. Let's talk specifically about the promo that came out. I did a little Instagram reel about it. It's a, a still image. It's Charity Lawson kind of coming toward the viewer. And on either side of her are these uh, walls essentially made of roses. And you can see in the background, they end. It's almost like a, a maze or something in just a, a big white nothing. So she's on, I mean, they shot that probably on like a, a white cyclorama in a studio. And then they um, put in the roses with Photoshop or whatever. And as I said in my Instagram reel, it gave me the vibe that the walls are closing on in on her, that she is trapped. If it gives any vibe at all, that is the vibe it gives, in my opinion. But it seems more likely this was just an afterthought. Well, we got this picture of her, throw some fucking roses in there somewhere. And somebody's like, okay, what if we put these rose walls beside her? What do you mean? I think we get so much about her character from this promo clue. Oh, do you? <laughs> Please. <laughs> Tell First me. of all, the color red, the color of passion. Mm, maybe there's yeah. going to be a lot of chemistry play this season. Her dress looks CGI'd onto her body. Maybe that means that she's actually actually was naked in this in this photo, and she's actually a free spirit. And we're yet to find out about that. I can't wait to see her voluntary nudity plays. Is that not what you're getting? No, that's not what I'm getting at all. I am getting hmm. uh, from this generic. There, there's literally nothing about yeah. her personality in this whatsoever. At least with what I would consider to be one of the disastrous promos that was Katie Thurston. At least mm -hmm. in that, there was some attempt at something. It's weird. At least there was hot penis energy. <laughs> Right. You're not getting any hot penis energy in this one. I mean, this could be a vagina. I just don't understand it. it it's <laughs> like, it's the roses. She's standing in the middle. And it's like, that is a person. The hands. That is a person. And those are roses. I will give them that. There's a there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven rose petals above her. What do you think that means? It's clearly a reference to season 17 of The Bachelor Goldini. I don't know. I don't think it means anything. Um, hmm. Charlie O'Connell. It's a nod to Charlie O'Connell. Maybe. You think? You think he's going to come back? Could be. All of the comments in this are universally positive. I don't know if they're filtering out the negative ones. There's a bunch of Bachelor Nation people popping <laughs> off in there. Um, I'm looking at it in the uh, 
in the article version. And at the bottom, there's a link to related articles. First official look at Charity Lawson in Fiji on her season of The Bachelorette. It's a link to that that dad photo. Like, I would say it's better than those photos. Don't you think? Yeah. It's more for sure. Like, I mean, this is polished. It's made, it's professionally done by the the Bachelor by ABC's marketing team and all that. It just is lackluster. Um, yeah, there's nothing in it that excites you in any way. There's nothing in no. it that's even interesting that raises a question of like, oh, what's that about? Like, I remember when they did Tasha's and it had all the newspaper headlines and shit behind it. You could get lost in that image. That one was so good. That one needs to be in the Met. I agree. You could you could literally spend a fucking hour just looking at all the headlines and shit in those newspapers. Hannah Brown in the Cinderella where she takes off the dress and she's got a pantsuit. I mean, that's a video. We haven't seen her video promo yet. But even Hannah Brown's still promo gave that air of like fantasy princess, like Disney princess. This is mm-hmm. I don't get this one. I just don't get it. And again, the the way they're positioning the roses in these walls, it truly feels like she's trapped to me. Hmm. And I know maybe that's just me putting some shit on this because that's how what I feel the show is now. Yeah, yeah. You okay there, Clues? Opto 2023. Is Charity okay? Is Charity okay? <laughs> is this a cry for help from Charity? Oh, well, no. I mean, I think she was, she was positioned and posed. I don't think she had any choice in this. But I just don't understand where we're at in terms of trying to market the fucking show. What are they doing? What is this? They didn't give her a storyline. What do they have to work with? Right. And that's, I think, you get these promos now, or this promo at the very least, exactly because of that. They have edited all the recent seasons down to fucking nothing. You don't know what any of the personalities of any of the people in the game are like. And so then what can you give us in a promo other than something completely generic? Yeah. If there is some visual reference to like a PTC that Mm -hmm. we never got to see or any little personality quirk or trait that we never got to see, it would be like, what the fuck is this about? Yeah, you'd be interested. Remember the Zach Shawcross one? He was just standing against a fence. Yes. They couldn't be more generic, and I don't understand that. Occasionally, though, they'll try shit. Like, remember Gabby, Wendy, and uh, Rachel Recchia? They're driving in a car, Thumb and Louise style, like letting their hair down. That was in the poster? Yeah. That at least gave you some sense of like, oh, they're friends going on an adventure. This shit, I don't get it, other than she's about to get smashed by these roses, destroyed by the process itself. That, to me, metaphorically, is exactly what this is saying. It's, yeah... Look, it's hard to be opto when I'm looking at this. I'll be honest. I agree with I you. I feel like they're going to tr- give her the shall cross treatment. S- sand down the edges. She's just a good girl looking for love. She's I, Miss Fortierar. That's what this says to me. Good girl Fortierar. It's just so generic. I hate it. I mean... I hate it. <laughs> Tell me how you really feel. <laughs> spend five minutes. It's just... It's nothing. It's just nothing. You know, it's like, okay, yep, there she is. And she's surrounded by roses. Like, why didn't they mm-hmm. block in the background with something? Why that big? There's like a white pillar just right down the middle. It's a weird design and it just feels unfinished almost. It's like she's in the afterlife. Yeah, this is her heaven or hell. It reminds me of the gum wall for some reason, like in Seattle. Yeah, the roses kind of look like that. It just feels like a first attempt and the marketing department was like, yep, whatever, slop it out. Who gives a fuck? Yep, whatever. That's what it sounds like, sure. Nothing uh, that we're saying, by the way, is to disparage charity in any way. 
we we have yet to see what kind of a bachelorette she's going to be, but we wish her well and we hope that the season is good and everything. This is all about the marketing team. This is all about how they're trying to promote this season. And we already know that it's going to be premiering June 26th. We already know that it's going to be premiering on, uh, I believe, on Tuesdays. And it's going to be... This says Monday. Or no, it's premiering on Monday, but I think it moves to Tuesdays and it's going to be airing. Yeah. And it's going to be airing an hour later than normal. So it already has some things against it, but... They better be able to say more swear words. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure about the Tuesday thing. I could be completely wrong about that, but I believe I did read that somewhere. For some reason, it's in my head. I can I can say that much. But we definitely know it is going to be premiering an hour later. So already in the programming of it, which comes from ABC, it feels like they're kind of like, eh, fuck it. Let's just shit this one out. At any rate, that is the uh, state of the game where we're at with Charity Lawson now being promoted as our next Bachelorette in this kind of lackluster way and seemingly getting no traction on Instagram as a result of it either. Um We'll see what she winds up with. But like I said, she's at 104K. Her number has stabilized, right? Basically, she put on 2K this week. And that's like, yeah, I guess. that It just seems paltry. You know what I mean? Yeah, seems like it's a big push and you would want you would want that to be higher. Yeah. I don't know how many people are watching the, the show she was on, Jennifer Hudson's show. I don't know either. But that wraps up the state of the game. Now we're going to move on to a portion of our program in which we discuss the other things we're watching. This is... What are you watching? What are you watching? In the off-season, we have a lot of time to watch other things beside our beloved game. We, of course, imbibed Love is Blind Season 4. And all that came with it on Netflix, including the disastrous semi-live season finale reunion show or whatever. Um, I liked it more and more, the reunion, the more I look back and I think about her faces. Me too. It really is, in hindsight, in retrospect, it's starting to take on an air of like a Charlie O'Connell season to me. Mm-hmm. Just fucking crazy. Charlie O'Connell energy, yes. definitely. <laughs> I think it will, in the long history of old reality TV dating for me, I think that episode is going to hold a special place in my heart. It already does because <laughs> it was just so fucking insane. Like the circumstances of it, everything about it was nuts. What are your other special episodes? Of all reality TV? Of history. Of all TV. All TV? Or Okay, reality TV. Fuck. <laughs> well, of course, you got uh, the great one, Nick Vial getting dismissed on Andy Dorfman's season and saying in the limo, you took things from me. Also, Nick Vial on the reunion, on the after Wait, the final rose. I thought he said that during the reunion. No, that was... Um, to her. No, I think he said it in the limo. It was uh, when he was getting evacuated in the in the limo. But also when he said, how could you make love with, to me without being in love with me? Of course, that's iconic. I love Corinne Olympios in season 21, taking a nap during the rose ceremony. I love Mary Delgado doing mm. the first... Who'd you, I mean, Jesus Christ. I'm just going to say every episode of Bachelor now. Yeah, we should do an episode about this. Yeah. What's your favorite episode? It's like, well, it starts with season one, episode one. Then it goes to season one, episode two. Then season one, episode three. And I just go through all episodes. Brad Wilmack choosing no one. <laughs> oh, God, that was great. Yeah, there have been a lot of great episodes in in Bachelor history, but we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about what are you watching in this offseason that is not reality TV or Bachelor, or maybe it is reality TV, (laughs) but certainly it's not Bachelor (laughs) because we ain't got no Bachelor. 
here's what I've been in- injecting into my veins. Love Island, Australia. Mm. I'm watching it on Hulu. It is this past season is, look, I will just say up front, there's no Casa Amor, but it's an incredible season. Highly, highly recommend. Great characters. All right. Also, Vanderpump Rules, of course. I'm catching up on that. Holy hell, I just watched the trailer for the reunion. They they marketed it like a horror film. Oh, wow, that's and interesting. And it will be. Yeah, yeah it was like, flash of image of someone, you know. And that's because the Scandal stuff has yet to be addressed formally yeah. by the show, right? Yeah, and like, he's just basic, <clears throat> he and Raquel are basically going to be answering for it. And they're oh, all Jesus. there. Oh, oh, it's going to be fantastic. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I'm watching Barry. Have you yeah. watched Barry? I have not. I've seen the billboards. Oh, I think you would like it. Maybe. It's it's very dark, but it is a co- it is very funny and yeah. well written. Abbott Elementary, the opposite, sure. very light and also very funny. Mm-hmm. So not the complete opposite. The opposite in one way. Yeah. Have you watched that? Of what? Abbott, Abbott Elementary? Elementary. Yeah, I've seen it. So good. Yeah, it's fine. And on HBO Lax, we're watching Succession, which I think season four is probably the best season of Succession they've done. I know Mm -hmm. you don't watch it, but highly, highly recommend. And season two of Yellow Jackets on our Mm. Patreon. Again, also an iconic season. There is a speaking of favorite episodes there. Episode three of this season was like unreal. Yeah, I think my favorite episode of TV maybe ever. It's either something in the wire. Bad Judge Pilot. <laughs> no. Oh. Uh, that is probably my most hated episode of television ever. Um, because it took a personal toll on my life that I will never be able to Okay, episode 13. Recoup. Yeah, exactly. No, uh, I loved Breaking Bad, the um, the next to last episode. Fucking great. The Ryan Johnson one. Mandias. That's one of the yes. best episodes of anything ever made. Um, yes, that was so good. What I've been watching are a few different things. One, Netflix, Chimp Empire. If you haven't seen this, it's fucking incredible. (laughs) That's why you keep talking about chimps. (laughs) It's incredible. You know, the um, Jane Goodall studied these chimps in this area, in this jungle forest area in Africa for X amount of years. Her research team has still been there, continuing to research these chimps, these colonies of chimps for the last 60 years. And so they know everything about them. They know who's running which chimp group and who's dating which chimp and all this kind of shit. And each chimp has their own uh, little role within the community. And they really do have mm-hmm. like independent personalities and all this kind of shit. And it's like a reality show about these chimpanzees. It's absolutely insane. Wow. If you have not seen it, I encourage you to okay. watch it. Beautifully I'm shot. I'm adding that to my list. That actually sounds good. Yeah. Um, it does have some uh, semi-disturbing things and they are animals behaving as animals behave just fyi i'm also watching is it take it to the base froggy what's that this is a video i saw in the good place room no it's not that i know what you're talking about and it's It's worse than that in my opinion but um 
No. Okay, then I don't... I Only don't in certain parts. Most of it's not that bad. I don't need anything disturbing. Okay. I'm also watching 90 Day the Other Way. That show is incredible. Yeah. Oh, I love that show. Yeah, I'm trying to find the game mechanics in it. And it's not quite... It's hard to find game mechanics in it. I'll say that. What do you mean? There totally are. Yeah, there are. But it's not... It's all like interpersonal. The whole thing is first audience game. There is no second audience. There's third audience. No, there's a second audience of the there's the families. Yeah, but that's you're not playing against them. It's not like Bachelor with it's a second audience. Oh, competing with them, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> that's just like family yeah. play. You're just competing with the idea of not getting married. Right. Or or getting married or whatever. Or not being a memorable couple. And you're not the producers I don't feel like are really trying to sabotage anybody on that show either. They definitely set up fake scenarios and shit but very generally it's not in the same way that like a bachelor or love is blind does this one season it is there is an enemy Mm. this woman goes to india and then his family kidnaps her kidnaps him jesus yeah that's crazy um yeah it's a really good season (laughs) but i am enjoying it there's some very funny characters in it and people who are just like made for reality tv highly recommend also just finished behind her eyes on netflix how do you think they find them What's that? How do they find the people for 90 Day Fiance? They apply. Oh, so you have to be having a K-1. You don't think they recruit somehow, like have a connection with the... I think people are like... I think there are people who say, I'm going to do this K-1 visa specifically to try and get on the show. So they... (gasps) Wow. I'm also watching Behind Her Eyes or just finished it. Miniseries. You should do that. Huh? I was saying you should get on 90 Day Fiance. I'm okay. I'm good. Thank you, though. Um, I'm also watching Behind Her Eyes on Netflix or just completed it. It's a miniseries. I believe it was six or seven episodes. It's about astral projection. It was interesting. But (laughs) the show that I'm watching the most that I am absolutely enamored with and probably will watch an Mm -hmm. episode or two as soon as we get off this uh, podcast recording is uh, Demon Slayer Season 3 on Netflix. I like that you didn't write that one in the document to kind of give a big reveal (laughs) (laughs) yeah i tried to surprise you with it um for those out there who may be interested in what this is it's an anime it is the biggest anime in the world currently they had a movie come out a couple of years ago called demon slayer mugen train that grossed i believe 450 million dollars worldwide it made more money globally than wonder woman did the year it came out it's a giant they talked about it on this love island australia season oh demon slayer Two of the people were super into anime. Yeah. yeah. It's it's a huge phenomenon. If you haven't checked it out, I would highly recommend it. The animation is beautiful. There is no anime that looks like it. The storytelling is fantastic. And you can get all of it right now. I think it's on Netflix. Start at season one. You're going to get sucked in. For those who know what anime genres are, it is technically a shonen, which is about usually a young boy who discovers he has some kind of power in a world where there's like humans and there's some other kind of thing, an alien or demons, in this case, demons. Uh, And the young boy discovers they have a power that can battle these things. And then it's about that boy learning how to use the power and uh, becoming more powerful. It's like uh, My Hero Academia is a shonen. Technically, Harry Potter if it was an anime, would be a shonen. Um, anyway. Or like you with The Bachelor, just becoming more powerful. I discovered my Bachelor powers uh, way past being a young boy. But um, <laughs> it is great. And if you haven't checked out any anime ever in your life, give it a try. Give Demon Slayer a try. I know the name may throw you off and, and think make you think that yeah, it's like some kind of gory The name is whatever. definitely throwing me off. 
It's not. The premise is this. Uh, this takes place in like a feudal Japan. And in this era, there are demons that come out at night and they will kill people and they can turn those people into demons as well. And there is a demon slayer core of people who fight these demons with special swords. The series opens in the pilot with this young man uh, going to collect wood and sell it in the city. And when he comes back to his family's house out in the woods, a demon has killed them all, except his sister is still kind of alive, but she's turning into a demon. And generally speaking, mm. when that happens, you just have to kill the person. Like, sorry, that's the way it's going to go. But he refuses. Mm. He says, I'm not going to kill her. I'm going to save her. And so he takes her and he devotes his entire life to figuring out how he's going to turn her back into a human. Wow. And it's just beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. Can't recommend it enough. But that's what we're watching in this long, cold off season. And uh, what are we going to be watching coming up? Coming up, we got the... Uh, Queer Ultimatum. The Ultimatum. When is that? That's coming up in a couple of weeks, I believe. I think it's at the end of May. May 20 something. May 24th. May 24th. I'm definitely going to be watching it in Clues Corner. So if you want to watch that along with me, uh, please, you're more than welcome to join us at patreon.com slash Game of Roses. I assume they'll be dropping like multiple episodes like they do any of their other reality shows. But that's what we're watching. We hope everybody out there is watching some fun stuff in the off season as well. I'm also watching the basketball playoffs, by the way. First four episodes are dropping May 24th. There you Sorry, go. Sorry, what was the last thing you said? I'm also watching basketball playoffs right now. The Lakers are up three games to two against oh. the Golden State Warriors. And uh, after a absolutely horrendous... In the finals? No, this is the semifinals, I believe. Um, mm. After an absolutely horrendous beginning to the season... They actually got a shot to win a fucking championship. It's absolutely nuts. Uh, highly recommend that if you're not. Well, I mean, if you're not a basketball fan, you're not going to like it. But Lake show. Anyway, that's what we're watching. Let's move on to that portion of our program now where we talk about all those luscious tids. This is. Bachelor Nation News. Up first in Bachelor Nation News, two survivors of Bachelor in Paradise Season 8, the season of misery, the season of suffering, the season of the group tier. Serene Russell and Puppy Dog 4TRR purist Brandon Jones have ended their engagement after less than a year. The All-Stars announced the official dissolution of their relationship via a joint Instagram post on Monday that read, After many months, today we have ultimately decided to end our engagement. We have tried to work privately on our relationship, which has been incredibly challenging in the public eye. This has been immensely hard to accept and painful as there's a lot of love between the two of us. We are deeply hurting and can only ask that there be no hate. The best path for us at this time is to try and move forward and heal from this as individuals. Pretty much textbook, right? Yeah. Along with the announcement, the pair shared a highlight reel from their relationship, including photos from their time on BIP clips of them singing karaoke in the car, and an image of them sharing a passionate kiss on the beach. Statistically speaking, this was the likely outcome of this relationship, but it is still difficult to see yet another high-profile paradise couple screeching to a halt. We wish Jones and Russell all the best as they move forward alone, and perhaps we will see them again on sand in the very near future. <laughs> I mean, we gotta see Brandon Jones, right? He's a great player. All I will say is... Paradise begins shooting at the beginning of June. The timing of this seems interesting to me. 
That's all I'll say. I believe that. No. Oh, yes. If they, if either of them have eyes on paradise or maybe both of them do, they had to do this breakup like by now, basically. You want to have a month going in. You know what I mean? Uh, And that's exactly when they're doing it. So, you know, I I don't know if it's, if it's planned out specifically because they are maybe going to go to paradise. I have no idea, but that possibility is now on the table for them. Put X's on the beach. That's great drama. I agree. I mean, like we we had rumors of all the different people that are going to be in paradise. If they get added to the mix, even one of them gets added to the mix. I think it's, I don't know. Th- this next season of paradise, I will just say, I think is going to be very interesting for a variety of reasons, but uh, not the least of which is they're going to have some fucking high powered all-stars there. Mm-hmm. If they get all those crowns, mm. Speaking of not a crown, but could have been, Madison Pruitt is in the news this week. The better half of the Trizzy Trout duo announced her second book on Wednesday, The Love Everybody Wants, What You're Looking For Is Already Yours, will be released on September 19th, and I, Clues, will be reading it in its entirety on Clues Corner. You will? Yeah. I wrote I and then Clues in the parentheses because I was like, I don't know who's going to read this first paragraph. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to fucking do it. I'm just going to power through this motherfucker. I'm going to read every fucking word of it in Clues Corner. So get oh ready. God. And that, in, in keeping with You remember with that, recording the audiobook, right? Yeah. That then was like Took me 10 lot. minutes. Took me 10 minutes. Took me 10 minutes. Yeah. (laughs) You programmed an AI to do it. No problem. Yeah. I knew it. I'm just curious what's in it. Anyway, let's let's get through the rest of the news piece on it. Then we can discuss. (laughs) Uh Categorized on the Penguin Random House website as, in quotes, religion and personal growth. The book is described as follows. And again, in preparation for reading every word of it in Clues Corner, we're not going to leave out a word of this description. This is literally as it's (laughs) described on the Penguin Random House website. Here we go. Uh, in quotes, speaker and best-selling author Madison Pruitt Trout shows you how embracing God's love allows you to truly love yourself and cultivate deep, meaningful relationships. Is there something wrong with me? How many more wrong ones until the right one? Am I hard to love? Madison, Madison Pruitt. Pruitt Trout knows what it's like to ask these questions in the middle of the night, to doubt and worry about never finding the love so desperately hoped for. But Maddie has discovered a deeper truth now that the love we're searching for is already ours. Just look in your pocket. There's a billionaire. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. In The Love Everybody Wants, Maddie sets aside the shallow messages our culture shouts every day to help us hear God's beautiful whisper. I have loved you with an everlasting love and nothing will ever change that. That was written in italics, which is why I did that whisper. God's whisper. God's oh, obviously, people will will get that. <laughs> Drawing from scripture and stories from her own life, Maddie invites us to embrace God's unconditional love so we can love ourselves well and never settle for less. The love everybody wants empowers <laughs> you to <laughs> view relationships in whole, holy and healthy ways, rely on biblical strategies for healing when your heart is hurting, Overcome lies such as I have to follow my heart and feelings above all else. Understand that a life partner is meant to compliment you, not complete you. Look to your future with joy because you were made to love. This isn't a manual for how to get a boyfriend or a manifesto for getting married. 
It's a book about the abundant love already at your fingertips, the love God has for you, the love that lasts forever, the love that changes everything, the love everybody wants. That's the full, complete description of this book as it is on her publisher's website. So it's obviously going to have a very Christian bent. We're eagerly awaiting the release mm-hmm. of this book, her second book God. again. Uh, and it it comes out, um, what was the date on it? It comes out September 19th. And like I said, I'm going to be reading it in the uh, Clues Corner. Now, this is also coming right in the same week when she did a Q&A on Instagram uh, that essentially teased that her and Trizzy are going to open a ministry soon, per my predictions. I love it. Yeah. You inspired her i don't know if that's true or you just saw the early signs yeah i see the early signs and i gotta say this i don't know when this is going to happen i think she does feel obligated to have children in a christian way you know what i mean i'm surprised she hasn't already well this is kind of what we were talking about very early on when they said they were going to get married and you were like she'll take his last name and i was like maybe a hyphenated but she ain't losing pruitt she did no she did take his last name she Speaker and best-selling author Madison Pruitt Trout. That's that's officially on the website. That's her name. That's like a What's hyphen. What's her last name there? Pruitt Trout. Trout. I mean, it's, however you want to say that it. means Pruitt. she made her last name into her middle name. Madison Pruitt Trout means she made her last name into her middle name. But she's still very aware to keep Pruitt in the name as it's printed. That wasn't the bet. The bet was. Is she going to change her last name? And I was right. All right. Say it. You were right. It's my birthday. You were right. Happy birthday. But I'm just <laughs> saying you. that she's still keeping Pruitt as part of her identity in, in all official press releases. Uh-huh. That to me signifies that, again, we, we've, we've talked about this a lot. She is highly competitive. She sees herself as a businesswoman, and rightfully so, she is. And that brand of Madison Pruitt is what she's primarily focused on currently. And I think the acquisition of a billionaire to help fund her branded ideas, like this book, like a ministry, et cetera, et cetera, is still primary in her mind. At some point, she will have children. Again, I think out of Christian duty. But I think she's more interested in Trizzies? Her, her brand development. Yeah, little Trizzies. At any rate, uh, anxiously awaiting this book, going to read every word, savor every word. No, obviously... She's keeping it part of the brand. All women who make their last name into their middle names are branding yeah. experts. At least in this case. <laughs> no, I I definitely think it's on purpose. She needs to keep this brand. I'm sure there's a prenup. So that's why she's trying to make her money despite marrying into money. You think Caitlin Bristow is going to become Caitlin Tardick? No. I don't think so either. You think Natalie Joy is going to become Natalie Vial? Yes. I think it'll be Natalie Joy Vial. I don't think she loses joy. People don't lose their last names. They often just put it in the middle. Mm -hmm. But she's definitely going to go joy by out. I don't think Bristow will do that. But we'll see. Maybe she should make it Natalie Joyal. (laughs) I go with that. The next accurate prediction after Pruitt Ministries is Joyal. You heard it here first. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of Joyal... The great one is in news this week after enduring the backlash from his comments made about reality stars being talentless and coining the term micro show to describe any podcast that doesn't have an audience as big as his. Nick Vial recently revealed that he turned down fiance Natalie Joyal 
multiple times in the initial <laughs> phases of their relationship because of her age. He revealed this. On Taylor Lautner's podcast, The Squeeze, Vial admitted we started messaging and I carded her. The age for me was something I was self-conscious about. Joyale then divulged, it's definitely weird to have so many people give you their uh, their opinions. DMs of mean comments about how I'm a child bride. Just terrible things. People would call me. I was like, I'm going to spend the rest of my life with this man. And I knew it. And he didn't. So I was like, I'm going to hang on because he'll come around. You know, if this makes you feel better, Joyale, I have two friends who got married and the friends of the groom called the... Called the fiance uh, child bride also, mm. and they're happily married. It seems like the great one and Natalie Joyal might be trying a victimization strategy in the wake of the fallout from his negative response to Jeremy Hartwell and Nick Thompson, launching a nonprofit to help reality stars called You Can. I think that may be what's going on here, but I have to say, I sympathize with Joyal. Um, in most relationships that I've been in, my role in the relationships has been diminished to arm candy or boy mm-hmm. toy. I get that a lot. Yeah. I'm just kidding. This that never happened to me hard. in any relationship that I've ever been in. Uh, <laughs> I wish. Uh, One no, day. <clears throat> this is an interesting thing, I think, for, for this kind of... Um, she's definitely playing the victim card here of like, I got all this negative comments and stuff. Um, uh-huh. And it just comes... Uh, look... I'll just say this about Vial, Joyal, the whole thing. Everything Vial does is very thought out in terms of any public appearance he makes, anything he says on a podcast, any of that kind of stuff. It's all very strategically implemented. Yeah. How he contacts people. Yes. Calling them so it's off the record. Yeah. And his behind the scenes trying to control narratives by getting certain people mm-hmm. to say certain things or or do certain things. Yeah. I don't know why he says they're talentless. He's very talented. Yeah. He's like the talented Mr. Ripley, in fact. But uh, is that a circus person? Huh? It was a movie based on a book that came out in like maybe the late 90s that I think won an Oscar. It was definitely nominated for a bunch. Matt James, Jude Law. It was about a guy who infiltrates this kind of uh, 1999. 1999. I was 10 years old. Me too. It was about a guy who infiltrates kind of a <laughs> upper crust, like high society circle of friends. I know our age gap now. Right. 13 years. No, 99. I was uh, graduating college. <laughs> it was also the year The Matrix came out. But that's neither here nor there. Um, mm. I think that Joyao and Viao are doing this primarily to get sympathy in the wake of... Of course. What I can only imagine is super negative backlash from what he said. I mean, we're doing Micro mm-hmm. Show May right now. If you if you haven't heard, yeah. we're putting um, Dave Neal and She's All Batch. We're all three going to be exchanging one another's episodes in our feeds to help promote each other uh, and to help kind of combat the idea that a micro show is somehow less than Nick Vial's show or, it, you know, in, in some ways yeah. below uh, anyone caring about. I don't see it as backlash. I see it as uplifting the micro shows. Yes. Rising Tide lifts all micro shows. My favorite shows are micro shows. Same. And finally, in Bachelor Nation news, a big congratulations goes out to the only tropical royale in the history of the game and the BBTC himself. That, of course, is the big body trash can. Thomas Jacobs. The couple revealed the gender of their first child, and it's a boy. We will cover the reveal itself in Parasocial Plays, but congrats, go out to the happy couple. 
it really makes you wonder what would happen to other paradise couples if maybe they were given special treatment like Kufrin was on her season of BIP. Wait, how is that connected? I don't know. I just know it's true. I just know on her season of BIP, <laughs> she was given access to the internet. So they were able to do this because of her laptop. <laughs> I mean, it was she was able to, you know, get the backstory on him and get a fuller understanding of the situation. Yup. Yup. Because when you're in that situation, you're like, ah, is this person fucking 4TWR? Are they 4TRR? Mm-hmm. What the hell's going on here? You don't know if they're a villain they on their season, all that kind of shit. Yeah. She was essentially able to, in her own mind, I believe, overturn his villain edit with her internet sleuthing. And as a result, the relationship prospered. Had that not been the case, maybe they break up on sand. Maybe this uh, new Bachelor mm-hmm. Nation fetus doesn't even exist. And I wonder, I can't help but wonder, when this news is revealed, how does Vanessa Lachey feel? Yet another paradise what? baby and not a single love is blind baby. <laughs> oh my God. She's probably so pissed. She probably threw yeah. her phone in the ocean. She's just screaming. She still gets like a, a paper yeah. edition of Us Weekly and she's flipping through it on the couch and she sees this and just fucking ah, tears it in half, throws it. Nick. She calls up Bliss. She's like, you're ovulating, girlfriend. Tick tock. <laughs> oh my God. She has like ovulation charts of every one of the Love is Blind players. Yeah, she's tracking their ovulations. Yeah. <laughs> That's part of a uh, job of being a dark lord in that franchise. Uh, but no, congratulations, obviously, to Becky Kufrin and Thomas Jacobs. We can't wait to see all the pictures of this little baby. Is this baby going to have their own Instagram account? Little body. Little body trash can. And again, we did hear conjectured rumors about uh, Becky Kufrin's pregnancy being the reason that they canceled Bachelor Live on stage at the Talking Stick Resort in Arizona. I just simply don't think Mm -hmm. that's true at all. Yeah, because everyone we've told that we were going to this didn't even know it existed. Right. And I don't think this would have prohibited her from hosting it because it would have happened, what was that, April 21st it was supposed to be? So it was like weeks ago. And if it would have prohibited her, they just would have got someone else. If there would have been money to be made, they would have made it. There wasn't Mm -hmm. no money to be made. They didn't sell no tickets for a variety of reasons. A variety of reasons. They were like, show us who's bought tickets. And then they just look at the four names and they're like, nope. (laughs) Yeah, they actually sold out every show, but they were like, no, we can't have them here. Yeah. Um, No, I don't think that was it. I think they sold no tickets because they didn't market it well. Uh, And and by that, I mean, didn't market it at all. Um, At all. And they held it on the show. Never marketed on the show. Really barely marketed on social media. And they held it at a place that required anyone going to it to go to a destination, to take a vacation, to leave their home, a mini move, as mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm fond of calling it. Had they just had it in mm-hmm. even three cities, if they would have just done it like LA, New York, and Chicago, I think it would have sold more yeah. tickets. But it's like, you have to come to Arizona. I just don't, I don't get it. Like Arizona of all places too. Have it in Chicago at least. Yeah. I don't get it. Anyway. Nonetheless, that's all the news. Fits print. Now we're going to move on to that portion of our program where we're talking about all the plays our favorite players are making off the field. This is the parasocial play, 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 play of the week. 
first impression rose recipient, Greer Blitzer, dallied in the sauce wars this week with a stunning TikTok. Under the caption, did you really have COVID on The Bachelor? She lip syncs to the sound, okay, well, you know why that's interesting, and then runs away, implying she maybe never had COVID on Zach Shacklecross's season. The caption reads, I guess we'll never know. The TikToker has 108.3K views and 4.3K likes. The people want to know. God, I want to know. That's very interesting. Whether she had COVID or not, yeah. uh, this is a great Strong fucking play. play. A great parasocial yeah. play to drum up that like, oh, maybe she didn't have COVID. You know, yeah. as you're reading this and you're like, Greer Blitzer, Fimpro's recipient. Maybe I never had COVID either. Oh. Didn't get it at Coachella. Is anyone interested in that? Maybe. Make a TikTok about it. See what happens. I could have gone to the first Bachelor Live. I just didn't want to. Mm? Oh, what an insult. It's a knife to my heart personally and Dark Seekers. But uh, what is interesting about this to me is that Greer Blitzer was a Fimpros recipient and I had completely forgotten that. It seems like the weight of the Fimp is uh, diminished. At any rate, moving on. Connor the Catman B revealed that the Bachelorette producers wrong seasoned him into not recording any new music. Oh, sorry. Wrong reasoned him into not recording any new music in the past two years via TikTok. He drinks a beverage under the caption, thinking about how I let the Bachelorette cinematic universe wrong reason me. (laughs) Cinematic universe. It's a not recording music for two years. The caption reads, fuck you guys. I'm recording again this summer. Hashtag songwriter, 15K views and 1K likes. And he's currently on Bachelor of Paradise Canada. He's literally still in the franchise. Isn't that the in, under the Bachelorette cinematic universe? <laughs> uh, yeah, very much so. Interesting. I hope he performs some of it on Bachelor in Paradise Canada. How can Weird. I watch this? I want to. Becca and Big Body revealed their little body trash cans gender via TikTok this week. In it, Kufrin pitches a ball to Big Body and he hits it with a bat and it explodes in a cloud of blue smoke suggesting that their little tropical royale baby will be a man the stunning reveal has 31k likes 415,000 views Jesus Christ it's a great video I gotta say people have certain feelings on gender reveals and stuff I like a good gender reveal video I like it (laughs) I I don't care I'll say it they're great yeah, I think they're I, they're fun. I, as long as they don't light stuff on fire, I think it's fine. Yeah, wasn't that one of the big fires out here in California, the campground fire or something? Yeah. So one of them was started by a gender reveal party. Yeah. Just don't have any pyrotechnics. A nice baseball bat hitting a balloon full of chalk. Don't have any Great. pyrotechnics. And also, don't cry. The other ones I don't like are where like, the man cries because it's a daughter or something. Don't do that. Oh, shit. Send me those. I haven't seen those. That sounds great. Oh, my God. It's horrible. <laughs> of course. I've seen ones where, like, little brothers or sisters get pissed off because they, they wanted a little brother or sister, and the kid's like, fuck this. I wanted a brother. All of these were strong plays. However, there could be only one winner. Season 19 runner-up and season 20 fifth-place player, Becca Tilly, made an iconic TikTok this week. Under the caption, when you go on The Bachelor twice to get engaged to a man only to end up with a lesbian pop singer, she lip syncs to the office sound. You either get it or you don't. And I don't, but I'm so excited to be a part of it. Becca's TikTok has 179K likes and <clears throat> let me clear my throat. 1.8 million views. Hell yes. Jesus Christ. 
And this is like, we always talk about this and everybody talks about this. The social media engagement of Bachelor Nation is dwindling. Mm -hmm. We saw it with Charity Lawson's numbers. After the reveal that she's Bachelorette, the promo, the, she's going around making the rounds. She's only got 104K. You see something like this and you're like, mm, still some engagement there, ladies and gentlemen. Yep. Still possible. And hey, Bachelor, Bachelor, Cinematic Universe listening out there. Maybe have Becca Tilly and Haley Kiyoko host a group date or come back instead of Sean Lowe. The people are interested in this romance. Not only are they, I mean, it just would speak volumes about what the franchise, are you really mm -hmm. trying to make some steps forward? This would be a good way to say like, look, here's a success story from our show. They didn't meet on our show. Because of it, But they met because of it. Without Becca Tilly getting famous because no. of The Bachelor, I don't think uh, she and Haley Kyoga would have ever met. So you could have them on. And I agree. Host a fucking group date. Why not? Why wouldn't you do it? Because they're bad at job. Um, all these were great plays, of course. But there are some other plays that were made this week by some of those non-humans. This week, we saw an alpha male alert. Pino took care of business by taking over Jason Tardick's <laughs> work chair. Jason Tardick posted a, a beautiful video of uh, Pino sitting in his chair with a little caption that read something about, I'm trying to do send in my resume because this is where dad does all of his yeah. work. It was very cute. But they're going to be only one parasocial creature of the week. And this week, the award goes to none other than Copper. Rachel Lindsay posted a video montage of Copper's happiest moments to celebrate his birthday this week. Pace case. You share a birthday week with Copper. Congrats to Copper and the Rachel Lindsay. Hell yeah. Taurus King. <laughs> That's right. Congrats to Copper. Congrats to Rachel Lindsay. Congrats to Lindsay Pace. Congrats to all Tauruses. Uh, during tourist season on this outstanding achievement. And now it's time for Pace Case and I to descend deep into the pit and issue forth our screams about how our fandom of reality television and our beloved game have forever changed us at a very core level, a DNA level. This is Screams from the Pit! My scream is that, as you know, this week, I became a package deal. <laughs> I gave birth to oh, a creature, a dog creature. His name is Luca Tony, and he's sleeping behind me. Yeah. And, you know, I've been thinking about what, what kind of, you know, possibilities there are. He, I mean, he seems like a star to me. And I'm like, how could he be on The Bachelor? And then I was like, what is the most successful dog on The Bachelor so far? Copper. Right? Copper. Exactly. And I was like, you could be a copper. Copper got his own ITMs. He yes. was on like multiple seasons. I think he might have been in her, Rachel Lindsay's intro package. Such a successful dog. And I, I am just hoping that Luca Tony can one day grow up to be as good as Copper. Yeah. Copper was really a star on screen. You did have Ben Zorn's dog, which they showed a... Um Oh, that's kind of true. ghost image in the sky, but you never saw his yeah. dog on the like on the beach or anything. Copper, I think, was the most successful dog. Or if you want to go back, I don't remember this dog's name, but Shannon Oliver's dog in season one. That motherfucker oh, was yeah. literally making plays in the fucking game. Like I haven't seen some shit like that ever. 
He was isolating Shannon, isolating the bachelor with the family. He stole Shannon from the first fucking audience. At any rate, <laughs> congratulations on your scream. Thank you. Very beautiful. And Luca Tony is one of the cutest creatures I've ever seen. I didn't realize you gave birth to him. You're revealing that uh, here on our show. Exclusive. I feel comfortable sharing that now. It's a miracle. And he, uh, he sat sleeping in my lap for our whole meeting today, which was super cute. Very cute indeed. Can't wait for him to meet Skabulian. I don't know if that can happen. Do they do they commingle? Is that a fight? Is that a look? I already introduced him to Sunny. I just had him like kind of smell each other from afar, and we're just that's how we're gonna do it, like slow approach, because he doesn't really understand what a cat is yet. Well, I don't know. I'm I'm more concerned for Luca Tony's safety than I am for Skabulian's. Skabulian is not. Um, oh, me too. Skabulian likes the taste of human blood. <laughs> I can tell you that much. Um, yeah, you called him... What did you call him? A vampire? Something like that. He does like to sink the tooth into a vein. But let me now issue forth my scream. It has nothing to do with package mm-hmm. deals. It has instead to do with uh, what many many of my screams have to do with. Being involved in a situation that has nothing to do with The Bachelor and then turning it exactly into a situation that uh, has to do with The Bachelor. This past oh. week, my friend Will Sasso and I, who do another podcast called Dudesy, we went on a podcast uh, that is Howie Mendel's podcast. I believe the episode that we are on is going to air sometime next week. And largely, we were there to talk about this other podcast, Dudesy, Artificial Intelligence, the mm-hmm. state of the entertainment industry, the writer strike, all these things. Scandival. <clears throat> we didn't really even talk about Scandival, even though Howie uh, Mandel just did an interview with Tom Sandoval, what, last week, two weeks ago, something like that, yeah, about all so. of it. At any rate, at the end of the thing, at the end of this uh, podcast, we're sitting there talking, and he asked me, what else are you up to? And immediately, I'm like, well, I do this other podcast called Game of Roses. It's about Bachelor. And within five minutes, I'm just spewing forth how I'm coaching players, uh, about the book, about how to win the Bachelor, getting read, the producers. I'm talking about how the producer class now is strangling the life out of the show. Just doing like a a basically like a uh, PhD level thesis on the current state of the game as fast as I can. Good. Just brrrah. couldn't even help it. <laughs> couldn't even help it. They didn't ask for this. Yeah, it just fucking happened. It just came out of me um, because it's in me. It's all around me. It's like the force. Does Howie Mandel watch The Bachelor? He does not. His daughter does though. She's his <laughs> co-host. Um, and she likes reality TV. So at least I wasn't just like talking to somebody who didn't give a shit about anything I was saying. So I felt good in that regard. But um, yeah, I didn't expect it to happen. I wasn't going in there being like, oh, I'm going to uh-huh. talk about The Bachelor today. It just happened. It just came out of nowhere. Simply from the question, what else are you up to? That was it. <laughs> and then, brah! One of America's most successful comedians. <laughs> Have you heard about Sean Lowe? No, he's actually Canadian. <laughs> Then definitely one of Canada's most successful comedians. I mean, I think he's probably one of America and Canada's most successful comedians. He's on a million shows hosting America's Got Talent. He hosted Deal or No Deal for a long time, doing all kinds of stuff all the time. But yeah, he was a uh, great guy. Lovely to meet him. Can't thank him enough for having us on uh, his show. I can't wait to watch. Yeah, I think you'll enjoy it. It's pretty funny, too. Even even aside from the Bachelor stuff. like Maybe I'll watch it on the Patreon. Yeah, perhaps. Um, Let's move on now to... One more scream. As you know, from time to time, aka every Friday, we will play a scream from somebody else in the pit. If you'd like to submit your scream, you just go to patreon.com slash game of roses. Join us in the bottom of the pit. Get access to our Discord and you can upload a one minute or 
under audio clip of your scream. We play the best ones here. This one comes with a video as well, which I assume will be available on our uh, Instagram. So this is a scream that comes to us from someone named Les589. Let's listen and then watch. Here we go. Hi, Pitt. This is a joint scream coming from four pit dwellers who met via the live Zoom watch along in fall of 2020. We became friends after getting placed into an Instagram group chat following that Zoom, and we have finally taken our first mini move together to Nashville, Tennessee, home of the Nashville Sliders. Some of us are meeting for the first time in person after two plus years of intense parasocial relationships in which we have shared all of our PTCs and the minutia of our lives. Thus far on the trip, the pit has provided. We went to a bar last night and met a girl who within 30 seconds told us that she was the niece of the eighth bachelor of our beloved game, Travis Stork. Not only is she his niece, but she also is a part of the Dark Seasons, as she was one of the family members that was flown to Paris to meet his final two. One member of the group matched with a Bachelor player on Bumble and has been engaging in strong chemistry play. Two of us have a Love Island podcast that obviously wouldn't exist without the pit, so we brought our recording equipment and recorded an episode. We even performed a hooju on the streets of Nashville, and before you comment on it, Clues, I know that no ankle lock was achieved. It's harder than you'd think. There is also a Love is Blind event in Nashville this weekend, and we saw Chelsea from this most recent season on the street yesterday. Photos of us and video of the hooju are attached. Praise be the pit! This is one of the sweetest screams ever. A scream of friendship. A stellar scream. Many things can happen once you give yourself over to the pit. And in this case, it was this group of friends have found each other, and now they're taking a mini move to Nashville to record podcasts, do hoojus, run into Travis Stork's knees, I guess. <laughs> it's just fucking phenomenal. But I got to say, uh, yeah. when members of the pit get together, strange things happen like that. The weird, dark energies of the pit can sometimes attract a Travis Stork relative to you or other people from the game or Chelsea from Love is Blind. This is fantastic. I congratulate you all on having found and fostered this relationship deep in the confines of the pit. I'm now going to watch this video. Let's see about this hooju, if we shall. This video is incredible. First of all, love the outfits. <laughs> that is not a good hoojuing outfit. <laughs> Degree of difficulty of that outfit. <laughs> Definitely makes it harder. One of the one of the screamers is wearing a pencil skirt and high heels. She's not even the anchor. She's leaping. Yeah, unbelievable. And she starts her approach uh, near a puddle in the street. That raises the level of difficulty. I also love the onlookers. There is a guy with a wallet chain, hands <laughs> in pockets, just like, what the fuck is going on watching all of this? And then even as the Huju is uh, in full motion, in full swing, there is a couple walking behind the hujuer and the anchor. <laughs> Just baffled. Like, what in Christ's name is going on here? They're talking to each other. It looks like, like what the fuck? This is absolutely hilarious. Cannot thank you enough for the scream, for this beautiful video. Uh, as I said, hopefully this video will be up on our Instagram so that everybody can take a look at it. But this is what the pit is. Uh... And thank you for telling us about your your beautiful friendship that has blossomed during the pandemic through Game of Roses. And you basically went on like a, a Mecca trip. Here. Yeah. I think this is absolutely beautiful. I, I love to hear stuff like this. When some power of the pit has brought people together in some way, created a friendship, 
uh, offered somebody a unique opportunity. It seems like all of that was done this week in Nashville, slider country. Beautiful. Slider and country. Those shoes ain't sliders, though. They are not, indeed. But if you would like to submit your scream, again, just go to patreon.com slash gameroses and uh, fire off a little one minute or under audio clip and we play the best ones here. And if you got a video that accompanies it, please send that as well. <laughs> we love to see this kind of stuff. I would give this Huju, by the way. I got to be objective. I got to be objective. I mean, I can't not be. <laughs> it's simply as an, an Olympic level Huju judge, it's what's required of me. Let's really take mm -hmm. it in. The approach is okay. maybe a seven. The arms are low. Uh, you need to have those up higher so that you can clear the shoulders and the waist. You've got the anchor needing to bend down. That could be improved. The anchor does a good anchoring job here. You do get double hand lock behind the neck, which is good. You get some one kiss rain down. I like that. Smiles right into the camera. I have to say, we don't ever see that on Bachelor looking directly into the camera. I like it. I think we should adopt this in our beloved yeah. game. That anytime they do it, both the anchor and the huju. I think you should raise your arms in the air like you've just done a vault. I watched the cup on the background this time and it was pretty funny. The dismount is great. <laughs> They're like, God, Nashville's gotten really wild. Hoojuing right in the open. The dismount maintains maintains a close hug. Actually, not even into a handhold. This is just into a dual hug. Very good dismount. Overall, I'm going to say this is around an 8.2. Not bad. Would have liked to see that ankle lock, as you mentioned. We didn't get that, but mm -hmm. pretty good, especially for the degree of difficulty in this Huju outfit. But uh, thanks again for sending this scream in. Absolutely loved it. When she said, it's harder than you think, Clues, I felt that. That was very relatable. I was like, Clues needs to try a Huju <laughs> to see how difficult also, each part of it is. who am I going to Huju? Will Sasso. What? Anyone. We're talking about at least in Bachelor, almost Olympic-level athletes doing these things. That's what I'm grading. <laughs> I'm 47 years old. I'm almost 48. I can barely get out of bed in the morning. You think I could do a fucking hooju? Think of the age gap pace case. <laughs> Come on, cut me some slack. I've been walking, roaming this earth for many years. I don't... You can do it on, like, a trampoline or something what? or on, like, a big soft bed. Okay. Now, now you're going too far. No. There's no trampolines, no big soft beds. You either hooju or you do not. For your old bones, your old cold bones. I know. They they are indeed cold <laughs> at this point. I need to go bathe. So, uh, before we go, as always, <laughs> what is that dwabat? It has been 7,718 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be Dark Lord Palmer. Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then.